Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I have my friend Jerry Petuck from A Place for My Head podcast. He's a co-host, and he's also the CEO of Radio Influence. And you'll recognize his voice from being on many, many shows throughout the years on the radio. And we had a really great discussion about mental health. Imagine a man speaking about it. So I hope you enjoy it. And please, please check them out on their podcast. You won't be disappointed. Hello. Thank you for joining us today on the Dr. Whisperer podcast. I am happy today to be talking about my favorite subject, mental health. Um, The more we talk about it, the uh, less stigma that we have uh, around it. So it is my mission um, that I never thought I would have to talk about it as much as possible. And um, I have Jerry P. Tuck here, who is the CEO at Radio Influence, former assistant programmer at CBS Radio, and did some stuff at iHeartRadio and, you know, how it goes. He's been around. <laughs> but I was on his podcast, uh, you and Brandon Thompson, A Place for My Head, uh, probably a month ago. <laughs> Six weeks ago, yeah. Something like that. And um, it was great. So first, let's say hello to Jerry. Say hello to the audience, Jerry. Hello, audience. How the hell are you? How the hell are you? So I love when people come into my life for odd reasons. That is my life. (laughs) It should be everybody's life. Right? (laughs) Nothing planned, but maybe divinely. So I um, had written a book, uh, Broken Road to Mental Health and Life in a Business, and I was looking for people in the mental health sector, hopefully locally, that I could potentially be interviewed by, and I came upon your podcast. So then I was really excited because you were in Tampa Bay, (laughs) and then I was even more excited because it was two men talking about mental health. And I just think that um, we should bring attention to it, that it is certainly, um, none of us sitting in this room right now, we are sitting in a room that is surrounded by trees. You are at a tree table. I kind of the table. I'm not it's pretty lie. cool, right? Yeah. There's a guy in Largo that makes them. His name is Peter Urday. Yes, Very Urday cool. Designs. A little plug for Peter. Um, so I thought that these guys were great because we just had a very candid conversation about stuff that is messed up in the world today when it comes to mental health. So I'm going to give a little um, background just so we can get you to do all the talking and me to shut up and listen. <laughs> oh, nobody wants to hear. No, please. So Jerry had, um, back in 2007, uh, a very bad incident in the medical industry mm-hmm. that uh, led him to a place of what he likes to call a downfall. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, well, I've had my own downfalls. Yeah. So uh, it's usually tied to something right. or a few things. But I say everything is triggered by something in life. Exactly. Absolutely. So I think that what you guys are doing are great. I'll say the same thing that I said to Brandon. I appreciate that. That um, you guys have really taken a chance um, at being courageous. I, I'm sure you hear the same now. I get thanked a lot for being courageous. I don't know what to do with that. Um, it becomes much easier the more you do it. The transparency is beautiful. I'm somehow introducing myself as... Um, somebody who suffered from depression instead of, you know, all the whatever accolades people might think that I have as a owner of businesses. 
So, and working in the medical industry. <laughs> so unfortunately, Jerry, you are one of many, many who have had um, incidents in the medical industry that have led you to a place that might not be so great. And I work with doctors, but I'm very open to hearing about this. I am one of the blessed ones that work with the physicians that are good. And there's a lot of really good, and then there's a lot of really bad. But we're gonna um, surround this topic about mental health, depression, mm -hmm. suicide. I am an avid listener of A Place For My Head podcast. I appreciate that. Just Thank so everybody you. knows it comes out every Monday. Unlike mine, it comes out whenever the hell I feel <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, and uh, today is all based around mental health because I have another woman coming in today and who lost her son to suicide. So it's going to be um, a day that we step out and, and break some of the norms and try to reduce some of the stigma in the mental health field. So with that, Jerry, why don't you tell us a little bit about, because I'm going to do a little preview about who you are before we get started. I like to Don't believe me. anything she says. And they're all so great, all the accolades. <laughs> He's certainly had a, a nice career in this radio world, now turned podcast world, just modern media, I yeah. think, right? Yeah, pretty much. I am Digital. A, yeah, I'm interested, of course, how you... Uh, how you came to this um, radio influence, but we'll leave that for after the podcast because we want this to be about mental health. So tell everybody a little bit about what happened with you and why you started doing this podcast with Brandon. Okay. Um, well, without going too far back, because I know time-wise we, we could talk for hours. Yes, we've heard um, that. <laughs> we have. <laughs> um, basically, back in 07 at 28, um, I don't like to use the word victim, but for lack of a better mm -hmm. term, I'll go there, mm -hmm. of a, a really bad malpractice situation mm -hmm. that literally put me about 90 minutes from death. Mm -hmm. um, it was a long, drawn-out thing. I uh, was in the hospital for a month, was on heavy-duty drugs for years. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I don't have that addictive gene in me, so... What's that um, like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed. Yes, I'm lucky you in are. front. I know, it, you barely drink. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I'm, I barely drink anymore. But, yeah. Except uh, after that time you had a fight with your dad. Well, you know. Yeah. Who doesn't drink after right. the fight? You should listen dad. to this podcast. You'd know all about him, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. And, and after that, it, it's just been a steady line, uh, a steady stream of, of, of health issues uh, caused by the malpractice situation. Sure. And, um, you that know, was the trauma. Yeah, that was that was mm -hmm. the trigger. Right. That was the trigger because mm -hmm. before that, uh, like you said, I, I'd spent 18 years in, in sports radio locally. Right. Um, you know, I was a singer. I, mm -hmm. I was the lead singer for a couple of bands locally. Was getting a little bit of of attention. Mm -hmm. And you know, a couple of weeks before all hell broke loose in '07, I was actually negotiating with two record labels oh in my Nashville. God. Yeah. And I got sick, and that was the end of that. Mm. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. Sure. Um, as I was going through it, you know, and, and there were lawsuits and everything else, you know, my whole premise was, I, you know, I don't care about the money. I don't mm -hmm. care about that stuff. Well, like your health. Yeah. Right. But my whole thing was, I don't want this doctor to do this to somebody else. Sure. Mm -hmm. And throughout this entire process, that's been my mindset, even into the A Place for My Head podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, Brandon and I are very open, yeah, I know, and transparent, mm -hmm. and that's it's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm a big believer going all the way back to my start in radio in 97 mm-hmm. of relatability. Sure. If people can relate to you, you're going to connect with them. Yeah. That's like I tell my doctors, if you speak from the heart, you will touch the heart. Yeah. But if you speak from your brain sometimes and you lead with that and you don't, um, you don't have that relatability, you're going to lose people. Right. And in our, the latest episode of, of our podcast, there we, and we were talking about it before we, we started recording here, um, there was a documentary on HBO called uh, Eddie and Joe. Ernie and Ernie Joe. And Joe. Crisis Eddie. Cops. Starts with an A. You're good. Um, And and something one of them said in in the documentary stuck with me. And I wrote it down. Yeah, and I was looking at it. I still said Eddie, so I'm an idiot. Uh, (laughs) But um, he goes, you know, you've got to connect with people. Yeah, it's true. If you plug, if you unplug a lamp, the lamp's not going to work. Yeah. If you unplug a human, it's not going to work either. Right. And I'm a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. And you know the fact that. I am open. Sometimes it turns people off. Mm-hmm. And I've been told, oh, well, you, you know, you're painting yourself out to be the victim. I'm like, that's not my intention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, my intention is I want to help people. Sure. Because when I was out sick for those couple months and things were bad, I actually had listeners that I've now become really good friends mm-hmm. with reach out and say, oh, my God, it's not as serious or it's not as bad or it's different. Mm-hmm. But I'm going through some same stuff, some yeah. of the same stuff. And I connected with them. Sure. And how did you get through it? And your experience has been able to benefit them. You know, we just talked our way through it. Sure. So let's talk about that. Tell okay. me about, because um, I'm going to assume that you suffered through some maybe depression or anxiety or whatever it was after that because it changed your life. Oh, yeah. I, I, my whole personality changed after that before what did you do did you go to a therapist did you know what was happening i didn't even realize it was going on yeah that's what i'm curious about for years right um because i always say it's like a double life Mm -hmm. because when you're on the radio and you're and and please i'm not saying i'm important so don't take it that way but it's a high profile job sure people are going to know who you, you have are a pers- you're a personality on the air every day right yeah. between that and my music everybody expected this outgoing yes. big bigger than life personality mm-hmm. when in reality i'm totally the opposite right yeah we've all um, identified on this introvert scale which people have a hard time believing right yeah you know i'm really kind of quiet yes and you when people say. don't know me and they mm-hmm. just approach me i can come across as snobby and it's yes. like that's just I have been known to be called bitch face before. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate By to that. many, yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it happened, you know, I went from that person to isolating myself. Right. To, you know, I just, I, I didn't even realize the change in my personality happened. I was a lot more paranoid about things. Mm-hmm. I've always been a cynical bastard, but mm-hmm. it multiplied by 10,000. Mm-hmm. Um you know, obviously the trust issues, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And, you know, God bless my wife because she's been through me through, or been with me through all of this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, steadily it just got to the point that it built up and built up and built up Mm -hmm. and built up. And, you know, there were, there were some struggles career wise Mm -hmm. that I was going through at the office. Everybody deals with office politics and crap. And, you know, it just bubbled up. Yeah, it was compounded, I'm sure. Yeah, and it was just, it just felt like everything was piling up and piling up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just literally reached a point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. So what happened? Did you leave the job? Did you go get help? 
No, I actually, uh, you know, found a therapist close to me. Oh, good. That I went to for a little bit. Your decision? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because it was either that or take myself out. <laughs> I was done. So you were depressed. Oh, out of my mind. And I and looking back, I've probably dealt with depression issues my entire life. So let's talk about that for a second. So you were depressed. You probably you didn't know that you were depressed. You knew that your personality was changing. You probably couldn't think clearly anymore. Um, wanting to be home. I assume there was long hours spent in the bed. Like mine. Yeah. Which, were you going to work at the time? Oh, yeah. I was, I'm a workaholic. Right. I mean, that was, so you went, that you, was my escape. So you were going to work, playing the part. Yeah. And then going home and going to bed. Pretty much. Turning the lights off. Right. Yeah. No, I, most people that have some type of history of depression can relate to that. You know, yeah. I mean, we I can was, show up and, and put the face on, but we can't, it's almost like you just can't wait to be alone. Right. It's, it's the whole tears of a clown thing. Yes. You know, and I've kind of lived my life like that mm-hmm. all the way back to childhood where, sure. well, if I kept people smiling and laughing, they wouldn't know what the hell was going on in my life. Right. And they it wouldn't probably know wasn't truth. completely intentional. You probably, I mean, people that have humor are our intellects, I believe. I think the smartest people in the world are comedians. Oh, I agree. Right. So you definitely, you knew that was going to keep people at bay. So you use that to your advantage. But then um, you picked a therapist. So I'm curious as to how you pick the therapist. I've got a friend who works for DCF locally. Okay. Um, I, I had never heard about DCF until I wrote the book. Okay. Continue. Um, and this is someone that I grew up with. Uh-huh. I mean, going all the way back to kindergarten. Yeah. And tell the audience what DCF is. Oh, the Department of Children and Families, I guess. Great. Along those lines. It, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, look, okay. you know everybody. Good. So I trust you. You got referred. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. I was yeah. like, I trust you. Point me in the right direction. And that's usually how it works. So that's it. I want to, the audience to understand how important that is. You know, because I work in the medical field, people always ask me who to go to for everything. Right. You know, primary care, therapist, psychiatrist, neurologist, it doesn't matter. And everybody's seeking out a trusted source. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing is when people follow an insurance card and end up maybe going to see somebody that's, you know, a real bozo, um, really, you, ha- you should find a trusted source before. So I'm glad that that happened. So I have hope for your therapist. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I explained everything to her, and, you know, it was in the utmost confidence. Sure. I, mm-hmm. I knew it was, was going to go no further. Did you feel ashamed going to therapy? Um. Yeah, sure. I guess. I guess. Were you embarrassed when you walked into the office? Like, were you afraid of people seeing you? Were you afraid in the waiting room? I, I wouldn't necessarily say shame was the right word. Because um, you were a personality too, right? Uh, it was. I, and here I am. I'm, I'm trying to find the right word. It was more of okay. I've got to let my guard down. Yeah. So you needed help. You were more concerned about getting help than you were about everything else. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Because I, I was to that point where yes. it was it was one way so or the other. Either this or I'm out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't really, I mean, other than my wife who knows and, and my mom who knows, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I've never really talked about this much. Good. Good. Um, this is why we're talking about right. it. Right. <laughs> um, because a lot of people... Have like I said, have this image of well, you're on the air and you do this and you well, do that. Well, not just that, you're a man, right? 
so it's much more difficult for men to have these types of, first of all, conversations to admit that you went to a therapist, which actually people that are in therapy, in my mind, are the healthiest people in the world. Right. And it doesn't have to be therapy, but are, that are getting some type of mental health because we all need it. Everybody in the world needs to be talking oh, about how we feel um, and, and getting somebody else to give um, an outside opinion and directing them in the right way to get more help. So, okay, so you go to the therapy. How long are you in therapy? Uh, I was with her about a year and a half. Great. You went to see her every week? Uh, Yeah, every week. So in the beginning, it was kind of slow, I assume, and then you found some kind of breakthrough. Did you go on medication? I did not. Wow, good. Yeah, I did not. Um, I just went every week. Um, When did you start feeling better? Um... (laughs) To find better. Uh, you didn't want to kill yourself. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> once I just started getting it out. Right, like a little hope. Yeah, and you know, it, it's ironic that, that Brandon and I use the hashtag get it out yeah. for the podcast because yeah. it's perfect. Sure. Because I, I've always been one to internalize everything. Oh, yeah. Right. And, you know. You and most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a workaholic. Mm-hmm. If I screw up, nobody has to tell me I screwed up because it's going to eat at me for a month. Right, yeah. That's just how I roll. Yeah, it's a common trait. Yeah, and it, it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Sure. So <laughs> once I just started talking talking mm-hmm. things out, and it's funny because my therapist literally looked at me at one point and goes, you have all this figured out. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. Jokingly, you, jokingly, obviously. Right, but so did your... Well, this is good, though, because... Um, uh, I have friends uh, that are in therapy with the same therapist for 20 years. Right. To me, that's a problem. That's just my opinion. Because I would assume that the therapist or whoever you're working with is actually is trying to get you better. Right. So it's a great business model to keep people sick. Right. But I find that, and, and this isn't for everybody. This is a very, this is my opinion. Right. From my experience... I was in therapy probably the same amount of time as you. Mm -hmm. I needed a good year um, where I wanted to go, where um, I felt comfortable with somebody sharing. I felt safe. I started, I felt hope, and that's why I went back. And then as soon, it's almost like I was released, not like you are cured, but you are good now to go into the world without me. Right. And I'll always be here if you need me. I think there's a fine line between good, getting good treatment, and forming a, a dependency on it. Yes, I agree with you. Because it is another, it's um, because most people that suffer from anything, whether that be depression, anxiety, alcoholism, drugs, we get addicted to other things very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people get addicted to recovery programs. Some people go to too many, and that becomes their entire life. And the, the whole point of any type of therapy, any type of self-help, and is to actually help you live in the world every day and not spend your time in the therapy right. or in the recovery. So it's interesting to hear you got very lucky with your therapist. I think I, that's I, so great. She's amazing. And I'm quite sure that your wife, just like Brandon's, deserves a lot of credit. Oh, this woman's a saint. Right? I mean, oh, my God. The hell, a, the hell she's been through is... Uh, is and, and it's not unrecognized by sure. I know. Yeah. Well, it's so nice to hear you both so openly speak um, so candidly about how your wives were a great influence in this because no matter what, it's always easier for women to right. speak up about how we feel. We will talk your ass to death <laughs> <laughs> to get to a resolve, right. whereas 
men are just like, I'm good. You know? We, we did a whole episode on, and I'm doing air quotes yeah. here. You can't see it, but I am. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. I've never heard that. I like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, well, I've been in the recovery program for 25 years. I, I like There's that. There's a lot of other acronyms I can hip you to if you'd like. but <laughs> that And that is the definition of fine. Yeah. No, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm notorious. I mean, I'm you, could, you could, oh, yeah, you could see it. I mean, you could physically see it in me. Because I would, I, I'm not afraid to work 80 hours a week. Oh, you know, too. I'm not afraid, you know, if there's shit that has to get done, it's mm-hmm. going to get done. Yes. It may come at my expense. Sure. But, I mean, looking back, I, I can see, you know, physically the toll it took on mm-hmm. me. Because I was, I had never fully recovered from the medical stuff either. Mm-hmm. So, I'm grinding 80 hours a week. Yeah. You know, there's the office politics going on that was hell on wheels. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to keep some kind of personal life going, mm-hmm. you know, keep sanity at home mm-hmm. all while I'm battling the health. Mm. It was, it was overwhelming. Sure. So let's get to, so you haven't been in therapy for quite some time. No. So how have you guided your mental health through all these years? I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I think that you're doing um, some work right now. And I think that you're you're doing some work every time you talk to Brandon. Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, you know, the whole premise of, of the Place for My Head podcast is we're just a couple of guys. Yeah, talking about real stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, when we say this repeatedly, we're not professionals, we're not trained, we're just trying to start the conversation. Right. And, you know, as a result of the medical stuff that I've gone through, I, I deal with something called Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disorder mm-hmm. where basically, in a nutshell, your immune system attacks your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the triggers for that is stress and anxiety. Yeah. Good luck trying to cut <laughs> stress and anxiety out mm-hmm. of your life, especially when you internalize everything mm-hmm. and you're a perfectionist <laughs> and you're this and you're that and you're the other and it's like, well, shit, no wonder I feel like ass. Right. You know, and I'm still trying to figure that out. Sure. Openly, you yeah. know, and... And it's great. And this is the way to figure it out. I was talking about it. Right. You know? So, um, okay, great. So now you uh, left, obviously, this uh, CBS radio. Unceremoniously, yes. Okay. Um, we will uh, talk about that another time. Well, in a nutshell, they, yeah. they sold the stations. Oh, there you go. The stations oh. changed ownership. They flipped from sports to putting rock music on because it's a hell of a lot cheaper. True. And, and 35 of us were laid off that day. And, and that's just the radio business. Yeah, it's a tough one. And, and yeah, I joke because it's anybody that's a radio person listening to this is going to laugh when I say this, but we always say you've never worked in radio until you've gotten laid off. <laughs> and it took me 18 years to get there. Wow. So I'm I'm extremely blessed about it, and that's how you know Radio Influence came to be. So when did that open? Uh, we started. My business partner and I launched Radio Influence in August of 2015. Cool. How's it uh, going? Good. Good. Really well. Nice to be your own business owner. I assume. Yeah. You know, it's got its ups and downs, yes. but you know, we're we're plugging. Uh, right now, we've got 22 different shows that we represent. Very cool. Uh, we produce, we sell, we market mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truthfully, this is a concept that I pitched to iHeart and CBS over the years, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to hear it. Yeah. And now, 
where are we headed? Yeah, well, we're um, recording a podcast on my phone. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> right. And, you know, iHeart just laid off 1,200 people nationwide last week. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the dollar. Yeah. And I can say this, talk radio is very expensive to run. Sure. So it's easier to pay somebody 15 bucks an hour to sit there and play an MP3 mm-hmm. than it is to staff a full talk radio station. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's basic economics. Well, the world is changing, you know, right. with technology, everything changes, changes around it. The medical industry is changing. I mean, you could do telemedicine. Who doesn't want to just jump on a computer and talk to their doctor versus going there? I mean, same right. thing with therapy. You know, there's a, a heck of a lot of uh, telepsychiatry now. And um, thank God there's some real disruption happening in that industry. I just met with an alternative psychiatrist in Sarasota, um, a few weeks ago that I, I hope to be working with in the near future because I think anybody that is open to new ideas, which is the same thing in media, the same thing in radio, you have to reinvent yourself. Evolve or die. You really, truly do. That's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. I mean, I talk, my whole podcast is based around the business of medicine because people don't think there is a business surrounding medicine. It's oh, like people insane. don't think that they need to pay a copay. It's like going to Publix and going to get milk. You actually have to pay for that. Right. So every service is, uh, is the same, different personalities. Right. And, and you know, comparing it to radio, everybody just assumes, oh, well, you do an air shift from three to seven. Mm-hmm. So you work four hours a day. Right. Yeah, it's that's like, it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, they don't see these six or seven or eight hours of prep that goes in every single day. Oh, so production and directing oh, yeah. and oh, the whole, yeah. It's, it's the same premise. Yes. So, um... I want to be able to give the audience uh, some some value, some resources about things that have helped myself and you in in this mental health world. I think you um, and Brandon being the only two that I know of in Tampa Bay that are not professionals um, in the mental health Mm -hmm. sector, being able to just have a conversation, and I like to relate it a lot to how... I know for sure that um, my recovery program that I've been in for 25 years has saved my life um, because I've always had an outlet, whereas um, most people have no outlet. Right. And because there's so much shame, as you spoke about without saying the word shame, for people, mostly men, to go in and have therapy or to talk about this with other guys, you know, um, I, I make a joke with my husband all the time. His best friend um, got divorced many years ago. And when we were first dating, I said, so what happened with, you know, your buddy and, and his wife? And he's like, ooh, I don't know. I go, well, are you kidding me? Like, what do you mean you don't know? Right. And he said he's been best friends with him since elementary school. And he has no idea. He said it's too personal. What the hell does that even mean? For women, that's just foreign. Like, I meet you, and I'm like, hey, what messed you up in your life? Let's get to know each other in 20 minutes. Well, and it's funny you say that because my wife jokes that I have more girlfriends than she does. (laughs) That's good. So. (laughs) Good for you. I get it. Well, you know. Well, I think that it's important that we have people to talk about. You know, I would say my husband has come a long way in terms of, opening up about certain things that he's been through in his life because, you know, if something's wrong, he goes to the gym. Right. And that's okay. It's an outlet, but it's not, um, it's not speaking through the problem, which means that nothing is changing. Right. So having this podcast that you guys have developed 
and allowing others to just see what it's like and how two people can come together and just discuss things that everybody else seems to think is so taboo. Yeah, it's funny how it all came together because Brandon and I worked together at iHeart for years. Right. And we never knew the other story. Right. So all these years later, we haven't worked together since like 08 or 09. I see what he's doing. I'm like, okay, I did this. I, I see where you're going with this. And I hit him up. I'm like, hey, Let's take this to the next level. Yeah, that's so cool that you did that. And we literally got together one evening for an hour over a beer. Right. And we went, game on. Yeah, Let's awesome. do this. And, you know, I've always kind of been the big brother of the group. Mm-hmm. I've always been the fixer. Mm-hmm. I've always been the father of the group. Mm-hmm. When shit would go down with anybody, I was always the first person they'd call. Yeah. And again, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Because what happens when the fixer needs fixed? Right. The fixer is great at fixing everybody else, mm-hmm. but he sucks at fixing himself. Oh, sure. I mean, one of the greatest uh, things I ever heard was make sure that you check on your strong friends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm. We all fall into that category. I feel like the ones that my mother called me, dear Abby, as a child, mm-hmm. because I everybody came to me with their problems and I wanted to solve them, and I got left, you know, as a drug addict, right. <laughs> an alcoholic. Well, in, in, in my case, you know, in growing up through high school and stuff, and to this day, my my three best friends in the world are my brothers from high school. Yeah. Um, so nice. You know, had it not been for them, I'd have lost my sanity at that point because I lost four people to cancer one each year of high school. Mm-hmm. My mom and I took care of each of them at home mm-hmm. until they died. Yeah. Well, you know, my father, who was a truck driver, had flings on the road and mm-hmm. was whoring around. And, mm-hmm. and when he was home, he was smacking people around. Yeah. So from about the age of 11 on, mm-hmm. I was kind of the adult of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't work. Well, I mean, we kept it together, mm-hmm. but I never, this is going to sound really horrible and really lame, but how I never. You, how do you know? Because I know. <laughs> Don't question me. What the hell? Don't question me about what <laughs> I know is going to be horrible. I never developed those those self-help skills right. to learn how to cope. Most because, well, I was too busy taking care of everybody right. else. Yes. It's a very common theme. People that take care of others don't take care of themselves. And then they one day um, fall apart. Yeah. So. And that's basically <laughs> right. the story of my life. Right. So we have to take care of our strong friends. Absolutely. So I am hoping, and I said the same thing to Brandon, like we could probably talk for hours, that we oh, can just continue the conversation. I'm sure there will be more. Um, maybe the next time will be the both of you together. And, um, I don't want to deal with him. Well, you, you know, you do have Jesus. to every week when you do those interviews. He's such a... He's always late. It, I know. He's such a pain in the ass. So we should lie to him about the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll lie. Uh, Jerry was uh, early. I wasn't late today, which is I'm very proud of. I started getting up at 5 a.m. again. Anyway, it's a whole different episode. But I want to thank you. I want to thank you for uh, being brave enough to speak out. I think more men need to do that. Just let me thank you. He's already, I can see his face. (laughs) Don't thank me. It's a big deal. And I want, um, I would really hope that all of you follow A Place for My Head podcast. And um, if you're suffering today with any issues at all, you can know that you are not alone. There are two people right now in a room that looks like a treehouse that are doing pretty okay today because we decided to say that we needed help. Don't be afraid to get help if you need it. Amen. Even though I'm not one for saying amen. Me neither. But there you go. Thank you so much for joining us, Jerry.
You're welcome. He's, I'm still recording. You could say something. Oh. Yeah. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry's used to being in control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>